0: And we are here. Uh, what is up, little man, little brother Keith? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So we had decided, since we just kind of popped off a, three, what, threeway, a three-way with the Jordy, that uh, we were going to do a podcast episode, which was going to be like this long podcast episode, but we decided to uh, condense it down to a little topic, so that way we could have you back on in the future. And so we were discussing kind of what we would talk about, and yeah, so Keith, how are you?
1: Doing well, doing well. It's Saturday, it's like I've worked out, I read my Bible today, I cooked breakfast, ate lunch, like it's been a good day.
0: It is a good day, today's a good day, so uh, that's for me, Something's like, Today is the best day to be alive. I mean, that's what we have today. So, um, anyways, uh-huh. oh, you got me. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> we're getting ice cream after this podcast with Pete. She's gonna be here in just a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. After this podcast, take that off all right so, so you guys need to be quiet all right cool, cool yeah. I'll probably just cut that all out um, so you guys can be quiet that's fine it's looking for this charging so can you guys be quiet just like you guys are when I'm usually on my other podcast? here go upstairs and watch something for a little bit See you later, alligators. All right, let's, uh, let's I'm gonna put my hands up like this, ah, that'll be my cutting point. So, uh, all right, so we're going to restart this whole thing. Heath, uh, my little brother.
1: What's up, hey, man? Kale, one of, one of my older brothers. One of your older brothers. What's it like to be the youngest? It's great. I got whatever I wanted. That's not true. That's not true. There's no way that's true. The reason I didn't get a lot of everything I wanted was because all of your mistakes. Then I got stricter rules.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that.
1: I was such a good kid. I was I, such a good kid growing up.
0: I mean, and look where it got you. Same place as I am, and I was an asshole. Dad, yeah. what's, what's your number? Oh, aren't you in the same place? Yeah. Dad, what's your number? Uh, three, six, five, two. Uh, no, we're always in different places. So, right. well, uh, today we are going to talk about a topic that I think you uh, and I are going to enjoy talking about. I know I'm curious to, to learn about it. I think anytime we can get closer to one another and understand just humans not even siblings as long as we can understand people's journeys in their past a little bit especially about some of those harder topics or what would be called harder topics um, that it just brings us closer and I think more people being closer to understanding people's pains and, and, and stories I think we can create more wonderfulness and goodness in the world so yeah yeah man so let's let's jump into it all right so, so you're Heath my youngest brother to give people some context. Give some people some context uh, about who you are, and your age and stuff that, so they, they know who you are a little bit.
1: Yeah, so um, like I said, I am the youngest of five in our family, um, kind of by quite a bit of an age gap, um, where you're the closest to me and you're five years older than I am, so a little bit of an age gap. So I always joke with mom that I was uh, you in know, an accident, but she's always like, no, 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 you were never in an accident. I was like, okay, mom. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I always, uh, I am the youngest. I am 24 right now. I, um, just finished up my master's in higher education administration. I live here, um, in the state of Florida. I'm not going to say the great state or anything like that. Cause I have no allegiance to Florida or anything like that. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of, uh, left the nest a little bit um and kind of away from the family which is definitely something different haven't seen anybody since Christmas and so um that's always um really interesting too because you know how do you uh when you can't be around all these people and stuff like that you want to adapt and kind of do things like this like zoom calls and all that fun stuff so um yeah, I kind of left the nest, and I uh, definitely am thankful for the experiences that I've gained after doing so, because um, it's definitely been um, an interesting two years since I left Ohio. Um, it's actually almost, in about a week, it'll be, I don't know why I looked at a watch that I don't have, but uh, um, in about nine days-ish, uh, two years ago, I left to move down to the
0: south, and so that's what that's what people that's what people do when they're like being an asshole and they're like, Oh, look at the time, I gotta go, right? They look at their non existent watch on their wrist and they're like, Oh yeah, I gotta go.
1: Yeah. I look at it for like dates and I'm like, dates like I will go like, oh the
0: twenty that doesn't make any sense. I mean so. I guess the apple, I don't know, I don't have I've never had an apple watch, but I'm sure there's some watches out there that have, have some stuff out there. So Right. Uh, but you adapting to leaving the nest, that is there's a lot to that. I don't think a lot of people get out of their comfort zones and go do that. And I think you have to learn to adapt when you go throw yourself in there. It's kind of like, um, you know, the old story of Grandpa throwing you in the pool. Not that that happened to either one of us, but it would be it would have been Dad if anything. But you know, it's kind of like that whole thing, you know, jumping into the deep end and sinking or swimming and trying to trying to figure it out. So kudos incredible.
1: to you for figuring it out. I think. Well. Still trying to figure it out, but getting there.
0: So today, because we were on the phone with uh, Brother Jordy for a little bit and talking around, we we decided to have a little bit shorter of a podcast episode between you and I. And then we decided to pick a topic, which is something new for the Kale Marker podcast. We haven't really uh, – I haven't picked with a guest kind of like a topic. And so today is coming out and self – acceptance. So this is self-acceptance I can talk about um, and coming out, I probably could talk about, but in a different manner than what we would be talking about with you. And so we want to dive deep in that because I am curious about the story and the experiences of that, because I know that it would be a difficult thing. And when you talk about adapting and talk about anxiety and self-acceptance, I think sharing stories, what I've found on here is just sharing stories. This is just what we attach to. That's why people go to the movies, right? The best movies are, best stories and stories are what we talk about and share with people and that stories change people's lives so and save people's lives so that is what we're going to do so I just have all kinds of questions about this but I'll kind of say hey like what was tell me tell me the the, this like how it began like I'll start I'll start with a question like when when did you when did you know all right so that's so
1: and that's A very interesting question in its own right, just because when you do kind of like fully understand it, then you notice everything that you looked at prior to that time of understanding like, oh, maybe I'm not straight, or maybe I'm not interested in only uh, me being a cis male. If I am, maybe I'm not only attracted to females, or maybe I'm not attracted to females at all. So that was definitely interesting. It definitely happened in high school sometime. I definitely denied it a lot even. I, um, to myself at least, um, I would be like, I am, this is like, that's not me, da-da-da-da-da. Was talking and definitely interested in a um, woman my sophomore year of high school. Um, Loved her death. She's great. Um, Didn't work out. Um, Totally fine. And then about, junior years when I really started getting close to someone in that more relationship aspect and I um, even remember saying that like if I kiss this person then it turns then that like makes me gay or makes me whatever and so that was something that I struggled with a lot was even just like that but um, but like cuddling or sleeping together and like what not staying the night at their house like I'm like the physical stuff's there but it's like oh I'm not kissing you that's like the kissing thing was like was like oh that makes me uh, gay or whatnot and so but after that finally happened and then we kind of like began our relationship in between my junior and senior year and that's when I was like more accepting of like okay this is something that is what it is and I started dating a man and um obviously it was in secret for a while because neither of us were out to anybody um uh, excuse me or to talk to anybody about that process and so Um, kind of putting a pin there and like I said reflecting back on that I could remember thinking like oh this celebrity is attractive to me like or um, there was like I don't know you would just see how you actually looked at people and the way you looked at people and you're like oh I realized okay I was in seventh grade and I was checking this person out and that's at the time I didn't necessarily notice it but now I can think back to those times and things like that and so I think that's really interesting to think about and look at um, kind of fast forwarding into um, between my junior and senior year, so that would have been 2013, um, was dating an individual. Um, we were like kind of labeled as like best friends, da 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 da. Um, we were in show choir together. Uh, he was two years older than I was, and kind of things progressed. We hung out a lot throughout senior year. We were hung, hanging out together all the time. And um, that's when I kind of started i guess the journey of like acceptance in that um i wouldn't say that that is even now fully accomplished because it's always an ongoing thing um so that's kind of when i would say i knew was probably senior year of high school of like actually officially understanding and knowing oh this was i'm not straight i'm not into um only women or whatnot or something like that and so was yeah. kind of where that was
0: I was gonna say there's, there's quite a bit to unpack in there. And one, I just want to say, I want to say thank you for coming on here and to preface this to like the people who do listen to this is that you and I have never had this conversation before. This is the first conversation for us. And so, you know, I, I'm happy to be in this place where we have technology to do this. We have the space to do this. We have the ability to record this and share this with other people and it, you know, we're siblings uh i'm a straight i'm a straight guy and, and you're gay and like it's it's like i think this conversation has a lot of value so i want to say thank you for doing that because it's not always right and and definitely it's not as accepted in where we grew up and our society as whole Like right so much has changed just in the last decade with these types of things so it's it's definitely an interesting time, although it seems to be more accepted now culturally in, in most areas than it was even senior year for you, right? right? And before that. So I just want to say thank you. And then I when I asked the question, you said I asked the question is when did you know? You're like, well, as I look back, as I look back, I can see how I it would lead up to that. But when you really knew was probably when you had that identification. It, seemed, so it seems like senior year, it wasn't just like you knew senior year, but it was almost something that you admitted to yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to take the, 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 the uh, ignorance glasses off, I guess, and say, okay, this is, this is what I am. I'm, I'm interested in, and maybe the audience, audience, air quotes, thinks I would be, or thinks this is interesting too, is like kissing a guy kissing a guy makes you gay, right? Not cuddling or being attracted to them, but you had the, in your head, it was like, kissing a guy makes me gay.
1: That was like, that's what made it real. It was like, this solidifies something that, um, like, is like, oh wow, this, and and it's like, if I do this and I enjoy it, then like, uh uh-oh, then I have to like officially, I don't have to say i have to you don't have to officially do that sexuality is a spectrum but like saying oh now this is real this is something that i am into and this is something that i like and enjoy and so i think just like when people have those like um hidden secrets of the things that they thoroughly enjoy it's like oh I am a huge blank nerd, but I can't tell anybody because I'm gonna. Everyone's gonna think I'm super weird or something like that. Um, and so uh, I think it kind of similar to that. It was like, oh, like I am now admitting that this is real. And I think uh, your um, analogy saying like the in- ignorance glasses. I think that's actually um, something really interesting to say because it is like that realization and like taking back my own little. Um, ignorance and um scared um outlook on that to like take that layer off and actually look at it for what it is it's like, well and it's
0: interesting with the ignorance classes because like you know nicole talks about she has friends that are are gay and she's like well, duh, like we knew already like and they they thought. the the, the person that she was like, yeah, we know you're gay. Like, Hey, I'm coming out. They're like, yeah. And Nicole would be like, yeah, I know. Was there people who were around? And that's what I mean by ignorance glasses It's like sometimes I forget who I was listening to. It was a a podcast or a book, but it's, it's, when we think we're fooling other people in reality, we're fooling ourselves that people already see us for who we are. It's just a matter of time before we see us for who we are. And so I think that's kind of like a, a, a good uh, two-word uh, quote is ignorance glasses. But uh, something there that you said too was like, and my question about it is, were you were you afraid to be gay? Like, like were you in your mind like kissing makes us real, and if this makes us real and I like it, were you were you af- af- more afraid that like you you were something that was probably at that time not in in I don't know if the word encouraged or accepted like were you afraid uh, to be gay would be my question
1: yeah definitely so in a little bit Kim's for me of not wanting to fit into the stereotype of what a um like a gay man looks like or something like that like I didn't want to fit into that like stereotype or um you obviously know but people listening don't know that like I was I was in theater, I was in choir, I was a varsity athlete. I was involved in like every single club. I went to sporting events at my school. I had a large group of like a really good group of friends that we hung out all the time um, and all that stuff. So a, there were definitely some aspects of that that I would fit into the stereotype because probably my the biggest thing I was involved with was my choir and the music and stuff that I did through that. Um, probably the most time spent doing that and um all of that, and so I didn't want to like, oh, I'm fitting into the stereotype that like only or like if you're a male in into music and into theater and stuff like that, you're uh more 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 likely to be gay or something like that, and that's not necessarily true, and so I think um my um, thing comes out of like, oh, that's something I don't want to fit in that stereotype, but then there's a whole nother caveat of that of um." I grew up feeling, and it took me a very, very long time to eradicate this from my thoughts, even, still not even gone, but uh, I had this huge desire to be the perfect kid, like the perfect um, like person. So like, I never drank in high school. I never did any drugs. I've never smoked anything. I didn't cuss. I didn't Um, I was a top scholar, I was in the top of my class, I was involved, I had a good group of friends who didn't do those things either. Um, I was involved in everything. I was always an officer in a club that I was in, like either vice president or president or um, striving to just be the best at everything I can be and ideally like perfect. And that's not possible. And that's something that stuck with me all the way through um, college um, and my undergrad and even, um, still to this day, there's still, like, remnants of, like, that's something that I need to do, and I need to be this, like, perfect person or perfect kid, um, when I'm- Does that come from? um, I think that all stems, I think it's a expectational aspect for myself, um, but I think, uh, it stems from, um, childhood, too, um, of the way, um, That we grew up, um, and of a, I feel like we definitely grew up in a spot where it was a lot more um, criticism than praise for the things that you did, and so it was a lot more like, oh, you you did a great job, but you could have done this a little bit better, or something like that. And so, me trying to always perfect everything that I did um, and being the best at whatever I was doing um, was always something in the forefront of my mind. Um, and trying to do that or trying to appease somebody. I was also uh, kind of, I'll, if you say like, like uh, the ugly duckling of the family, when you look at um, the things that I was into versus all of my siblings, growing up, everyone was in sports, dah, 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 dah. nobody was really into the theater and music and stuff like that. And so um, I may, had I not, had I been totally fine with only doing that stuff, I may not have done sports at all. Uh, I feel like I potentially did sports to appease what the family look was. Um, and obviously, I didn't do the same sports that you guys did. Um, I did not um, do basketball. I didn't do football. I didn't do baseball. Um, at points in my life, I did. Um, but I was a runner. That's kind of where I got my involvement. And um, and that was kind of where that was. So I definitely think that stems from uh, just kind of growing up in a space where um, I was the outcast of what everybody else in the family kind of looks like. And so that, and then also like I said, um, it was always like, Oh, you could do this a little bit better. Um, mentality, which I am very thankful for in its own right, because I, um, welcome constructive criticism. I always go in, whenever I have a meeting with my boss, I'm almost always like, what am I doing wrong or what can I do better? Um, just because I want to know how to improve. And I think that's, um, maybe some people growing up don't always get that um, criticism or something like that to be ready to take that going
0: forward in their lives. That's interesting. Because well when I asked like what a, you know perfect perfect kid would be I, I wrote down like it's perfect is kind of a slippery slope. Like what where did this what is this vision of perfect coming from anyways? Because I mean not only is it, it's a slippery scope It's a sliding scale in and of itself, right? Like perfect is. It could be that you become an engineer, or you know, you have a 4.5 GPA or 5.0 GPA, whatever, or you're fluent in something like perfect is such an elusive thing, and it's a moving target. That you you had this baseline that that's where you really were chasing, and that you had to be a perfect kid. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing is like, uh, you didn't want to, so we were talking about how you were afraid to be gay and you didn't want to fit into the stereotype of that. It's like, and that makes me feel like you were having, we're talking about self-acceptance in this and it almost seems like there's self-rejection in the process of going through, through junior high, I mean, maybe it's more just like um, late teens, more like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 is right. more of a uh, self self I, I guess rejection it was just like I reject this part of me I'm not I'm not this person I'm not going to be this person and because if I'm this person then I'm also this person this person this person I if I fit the stereotype and I'm, and I'm gay that means I'm all these other things too and so it was like it's kind of like all or nothing type of thing
1: right yeah definitely and so uh and now, like, looking back at that, I know that, like, this sexuality and gender expression, gender identity and sexual orientation, all of that is such a spectrum on its own right. And so, oh, excuse me, um, understanding all of that back then is so hard to grasp. And even now, looking into things that are being made and the shows that I'm watching and um, I think now even I am so, mon- so much more... Um, Interested in like teen dramas and stuff like that because they're becoming more inclusive of things like that, and so it's nice to see. Whereas um, the so the movie Love Simon that came out in 2017 or 2018, um, one of my favorite movies, but it's it's because it has the story of like kind of what coming out looks like and how you can have supportive friends or how you can have this and this, and that like cute little love story or whatnot, and then looking into um, building off of that, they just released. Um, Love, Victor, which is a spin-off show based on that. And it's not like it's uh, back when I was that age, had there been shows and representation of that out, you'd feel so much more comfortable and being able to relate to those characters. Whereas right now, like thinking back to the shows and things that I was watching, the gay characters out and about was like Glee. Um, and the most prominent character in that was um Chris Colfer's character Kurt who in like was written to fill like almost all of those stereotypes and so you only see them stereotypically whereas now you see people who don't fit those stereotypes because that's not what it is it is a spectrum and so like back then it's like oh I if I admit to this then I am like oh I am like either very feminine or I am very... I was going to say
0: flamboyant is yeah. like Will and Grace I don't know the characters on Will and Grace but it, you're right it was definitely portrayed as this suit like one way right it was this blatantly obvious uh different voice this different dress different mannerisms which are all true right like there is a difference to the way we carry ourselves, even as individuals, just whatever. But they were so exaggerated that it almost to you was like, that's not I, if I'm gay, but I'm not that. So what, what am I? Was there, was that the question? Like, well, what, what am I?
1: Yeah. And I think and I, it's, it stems from definitely a lot of like understanding the spectrum and um, understanding what does that look like? There are very, very, very masculine gay men out there that aren't flamboyant or aren't very feminine or basically are what an ideal straight person is, but they just are also interested in the same sex versus something else. And so like you have all of this, these things to kind of look at and it's um, hard when you don't have the, the ability to see all of that. Like you said, like when you see that a gay person has to be flamboyant, or has to be um, feminine, or has to be super well dressed, or something like that. Like that's just not true. That's not the case, um, because there are gay people, and like it's not a choice to do that or be gay or uh, attracted to the same sex. It's not a choice. It's something that is um, a part of who you are, and so your personality doesn't necessarily change in the way you. Grow up in the stories that you hear, and the way that you live your life are very different, and everyone kind of accepts that. But what the media had previously portrayed before they really, within the last five years that gay marriage became legal, um, representation was always stereotypical, and so came legal, not
0: illegal, right? Legal, yes, legal. As so, so when you, so when you were, so, so seventeen, eighteen. Obviously, so now you're starting to have these realizations. That you're, you're you're in a relationship. It's all secretive. You haven't come out yet. Like, tell tell me about tell me about you know all of the stuff at that point in time. Tell me like what what's a what was going through your head and like here's the, here's the thing. Like for me, I think. I think coming out is something more people need to do, and I don't mean it in a sexuality standpoint. What I mean is that like, and tell me if I'm off here, but there is a certain liberation to coming out, right? Because you are this person uh, in two different worlds, one where you get to be who you are, and the other where you have to cover up who you are. And when you cover up who you are, it sets false expectations. It is a burden in the back of your mind. Do you they know? Do they not know? What if I get caught? Like, like all these thoughts that are like enslaving, you know, the, the human. And so I think, you know, I, I think how difficult the coming out stage is, and that's what we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. is still on the other side of that is liberation. And I think when I say I wish more people would come out, I don't mean sexually I mean I wish for, for myself and what that means is like I wish I was 10 years ago 20 years ago you know like my whole life more willing to be genuine and authentic to who I was in situations and air quotes quote unquote come out and break break those false barriers whether they were my own and they were my own ignorance classes or if those were the beliefs that I have kind of put and instilled in others by the way I behave. So my question to you is like, walk me through the, the, the storyline of the thoughts in your head pre coming out, like what was that like? And then the actual part of coming out and then kind of what you experienced as far as self acceptance coming, coming through that.
1: Yeah. So kind of starting off of like thoughts ahead of time. Um, like, so we kind, of, we kind of chatted about this. Like, I didn't want it to be real. I didn't want to fit these stereotypes or I didn't want to be looked at this way because this is part of who I am. And so that was super, super difficult. And at the time too, I was also really getting into uh, my faith and my religion and stuff like that. And so being a part of a church is, also has something that is a whole nother caveat of what does that look like uh, being um, someone part of the LGBTQI community and also being religious and how does it mold into that? And um, so that was very difficult too. Like I, can't, like I can't come out and then be rejected from this portion of my life or be rejected from these people, that's stressful. Um, and so um, kind of my journey was taking it slow. Like I talked to um, friends, like my super close friends and things, friends that were mutual friends between me and my partner at the time um I had come out to my cousin who was um uh, I had come out to Danny Danny knew um had come out to my friend Paige come out to my friend Jen
0: um what did they did they they say that they they knew did they say that they like tell me tell me some of these conversations like how they went and and I'm curious to know
1: yeah so oh gosh that's what now seven years ago um I'm getting old Um, um but yeah so I think uh, I'm trying to think of who the first person was. Um, I feel like it actually might've been my friend Paige. And so um, at the time her and I were both in the same youth group, blah, blah, blah. she was part of my like group of friends blah, blah, blah. We were uh, class officers together, blah, blah, blah. So we were uh, hanging out off quite often. And actually I think uh, my partner and I at the time were on a break or we were fighting, I had gotten to a big fight. And I just like really needed to talk to somebody about it. And there was no one to talk to because nobody knew that we were together. And so, um, she kind of got that blunt. And I remember talking to her on the phone, um, kind of pacing in my room about it um, back home. And so kinda, that just kind of stumbled upon there. Um, I think Jen and Danny, I think we both told them together. And we were just like, hey, this is a thing. And so, and it was weird because some of my best friends at the time um, were not the people that I initially told. Um, because I felt I didn't want to like let those people down. And so like the, um, like my friend Gina, for instance, she, uh, or my friend Seth, two people that I know have zero cares in the world about any of that stuff. Um, uh, I never officially came out to my friend Seth until last Christmas maybe, or last Thanksgiving. No, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. Um, that was the first time i had ever come out to him. And I, he is one of those accepting, doesn't care about anything, friends that I had at the time and it's just it's harder to it's almost harder to talk to those people because it's like uh, I don't know it was just super difficult for me to do that and so that's kind of how that happened and I found myself talking um, letting people know throughout the time through senior year through the fall and going into spring and then um, in March I made a huge mistake and actually outed my partner and so um, they had written me a like poem or something like that and had a couple pictures of us up on the corner and he had given that to me um yeah I think it was March of my senior year so March 2014 and um we went upstairs to go watch a movie or something like that and then I had left that on the kitchen counter um and we were we were home alone at the time and um I left it on his kitchen counter and I left and his mom saw it and like came up to him and dropped it on his kitchen table and basically he just had to come out on the spot which is like 100% not fair um super negligent on my part um his family is very religious and so like that was a really really big thing and so that's kind of um how I kind of got forced into coming out I wasn't ready to at the time um but me being the person I am of like I care so much about other people that I'm not going to excuse me I don't want to hurt other people. That's not like my intentions at all. I hate doing it. I hate if I upset somebody or um, anything like that, I want to know how I can be better and not do that. And so at that time, then that June, he was like, you have to tell your parents like, and it's, it's, which makes sense because I f- took that away from him. I took that power away from him. It's not okay for somebody to like out somebody else, um, especially the big things like your parents and things like that. So he was with me when I came out to mom and dad and, um, I remember sitting back in the hallway, um, they were out, in the, or dad was out in the living room. And at that time, um, I would say I've always been the mama's boy, but at that time, for some reason, I just felt close to dad and mom. And so I, um, wanted to talk to dad about it first. And so I did. And then, um, we came out and my, my partner sat with me and we talked about it and, um, talked about it with dad. And dad was like, I already knew he was like, two guys don't spend that much time together. Blah, blah, blah. blah um uh there were some negative things said at that time like what um, like dad had said hey if potentially he's like if i saw two guys kiss like i would throw up like that's gross like that's not like he's like that's just not what we grew up with
0: duh, 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 duh. um and so it's that's, like that so, was, well, that's what he, that's what he so his response was like that's really hard for me to imagine that's really hard for me to accept and it's gross and it would make me throw yeah.
1: up. He's like, he's like, I already knew. Um, he's like, I already knew, but it's like, it's like, he's like, like, yeah, I'm like you or you, like, whatever, but it's definitely like, it's not, it's not something I grew up seeing, not something I'm aware of or I don't see that. So he said that um, to us and that was something I think I blocked out of my memory. Um, but now I, I remember that being said and my partner at the time was like, you know, your dad said that, right? And I was like, no, nah, like trying to like defend it or whatnot. Um, and so I feel like I never really had a big coming out moment because I never, and a lot of it now you see people like posting on social media or something like that. And that's just as much as I like, like being on stage and like going to parties and doing whatever and having a good time. Like, I don't really like being the center of attention. Um, and so I never wanted to make that big post. The closest I got to was um, making a post about my partner, my sophomore year of college.
0: Um, so we were, we were still together, and so instead um, you just decided to do a podcast. What? So instead you just decided to do a podcast.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so my partner at the time, like I like made a post about him on Instagram, and it was ne- it never said boyfriend, it never said like partner or like I love you. Like it just it was like a Post about like hey we have strong feelings for each other da, 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 da. and and then you know I would slowly come out like we went to college together um and uh we were actually broken up before we got there and then we got back together again um and we were off and on for like three years from that time um and coming out to our friends like our close friend group we came out to them um, and it just kind of slowly developed where we became more comfortable and then um we were still a little hesitant sometimes with uh things around campus or whatnot like we didn't hold hands on campus or like stuff like that and that's the whole thing of like people who it's just an acceptance thing like we were at like Wright state's not a big or not a huge school but it's also not a small school at all it's not a private school it's a public school it's um yeah, it's like open and stuff like that. So, I don't think we would have really ran into anything. Um, we were both involved on campus too. So, people liked us and um, it wasn't really that big of a thing, but it's just still like, Ooh, do we really want to push these boundaries or whatnot? And so, and then finally, kind of the self acceptance came a little bit more when, I, when we broke up and I was just like, okay, you know what? Let's, what does this look like? Blah, 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 blah. Kind of self accepting the fact that like I'm no longer with my high school partner. And then I started talking to a couple people here and there, you know, you get on the dating apps and meet new people and stuff like that. And so I had a few um, flings or whatnot uh, for like a month, month and a half at a time. So it was definitely really interesting. And um, then going through college and then when I finally decided that I was actually going to move down to the South and come to grad school, um, so in December um, after three and a half years, and I was going to take uh time off from school I knew I was gonna eventually go back to school but I didn't know when I finally got co- coerced by my um really close friend who was already down here in the south and she was like yeah come on down I told her no three times before I officially said yes and I was like hey, you know let's give it a try and I came down here and before I left um dad was like hey um you know it's really different down in the south da, 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 and was like hey like you know that lgbtq community Uh he like messed up some of the letters and stuff like that but it was it was really sentimental actually um for him to care about that aspect of my life that he i had it felt like he had fully accepted at that point or had accepted so much more than when i officially came out and so that was uh honestly a really heartwarming thing for me um definitely felt you know like all fuzzy inside i was like oh that's really sweet like I'm like happy that you said about that about
0: yeah i think um, and I have talked about dad quite a bit on the podcast. Is you know, I feel like sometimes I, I I tell tell stories about dad, and I even have to like say like, "Hey, like I have a great relationship with my dad, and they're always doing the best they can." And like, and sometimes he gets painted. I feel like on my podcast or really just in general, he gets painted as like this, this asshole <laughs> type. <You know>, <laughs> well, and he's got that aspect, and, and he's definitely has a. You know, as a former coach, he's got that people love him or they hate him, and that's a thing. But the thing that you're speaking about, and the reason I wanted to kind of touch on that, is because, like, one, for from his perspective, I'm assuming, is that you know, there's a couple things. It's like I don't see mom and dad really go out and really grow, per se, like. They're, they're not what I would say they're looking and seeking for uncomfortable situations to grow in. Like they're not really seeing, they're not reading books or going to seminars or anything like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They, they, they like life as it is and they keep doing life as it is. But in this moment, and, 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 and there's so much more that is behind the layers of, I think they had a lot of their stress moments and their growth and their, their growth spurts when they were really young, really forced to be young. So that was, that was a thing. And, um, but like, what I kind of admire from the situation, and I can see this out of dad, is that he he does give a lot of shits. Like he he cares a whole lot, right? Like it's just what he is, just what he does. And so for him to, you know, get through that growth for him, because it's different, just different for him, and you grow through that. Uh, not saying it's right or wrong, but uh taking that part out of it and then to come back and say like hey like i care about you so like obviously saying sentimentalist i i can see that for that and i want to just kind of highlight that situation that you know we are very fortunate in that regard to have and he, to this day he's always talking to me he's like and he's and he, and he bases a lot of his conversations off of fear for our pain and he talks about it, like i just want you guys to live a little better life than what i live and what i'm living and, you know, sometimes that gets in the way of our own growth and our own, you know, failures that we need to encounter and endure along the way. Uh, but he definitely, he's definitely a soft and sweetheart, you know, um, past that, that, that shell. So he, he definitely gives a lot of fucks.
1: And I, and, I and I think that's changed a lot within the last six years. Like, since I left high school, um, mom, dad, and I had a huge, we had a big tiff, um, uh in high school and talking about what do you mean uh, um well i i guess i don't know if any of you all know this um so like i left home for a couple weeks um my senior year of high school um and i was actually was living with my partner at the time who was also just like more of like a friend at the time and um i had this perfect mantra that like i would still at night i like would drop off my car in the driveway and then my ex would like my partner would come and pick me up and we'd go back to his place and i was staying there i stayed there for probably two weeks um there was a lot of things going on with mom and dad and it was kind of it kind of it was a little dramatic i will definitely say it was a little dramatic but was, at the same time i think um like you had mentioned i i was always this perfect kid and i felt that um, I was not treated as like this this good kid. I had a 10 a.m. or a 10 p.m. curfew, or I wasn't allowed to da 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 da. Even though like I had not given them any inkling or reason to think that I was going to be doing something wrong, and so I felt that I was treated unfairly for the way and the respect that I gave them, and so that was a really really big thing. And um, I would like said I was gone for two weeks, came back, and I think after that it was like a um, dad and I had the conversation of like do you think we love you less because you're not into sports or do you think we love you less because you're not into this and I was like yes and that was a big thing too like that was kind of like a big kind of slap in the face of like a, oh like I've now grown up in this family where I just I don't feel as loved as everybody else in the family because of the things that I'm interested in and so that was like a really big thing and it was like dad was like you know I'm not a hugger like we didn't grow up hugging each other your mom and I like our Like families growing up, we didn't give hugs to everyone, whatnot. But in the last six years, what does dad do all the time now? Says I love you when you get off the phone. Like he hugs us every time he sees us. And so uh, I'm not saying that that is fully attributive to our kind of tiff that we had senior year. But I definitely would like to say it plays a little bit of a role in that.
0: Um, When was this? Because there was a time... Uh, it's curious because I I that I was going through a lot of pain and I just remember I was I told them I just, and I told Lindsay and Steph and um, I even called Jordan one time I was like listen I I I don't want to live a life where I don't tell you I know it was normal I know it didn't grow up this way but I'm like I don't want to live a life like I want it selfishly I want to be able to hug and say I love you guys like this is something I want to do I'm an affectionate person uh, mm-hmm. you know I I, I love you guys. I wanna say it. I know that you guys love me, but I need the words, like that's what I need and that's what I want. And it took me a while. And even saying on this podcast, is a little uncomfortable at times because it sounds like I'm a needy little whiny person who's supposed to be a man and supposed to be tough. But the reality is like whatever whatever the premise of my life, I don't know, if the premise of my life is the words that I wanna say, but it's like that's just who I am. I I want the words of affirmation. It could be attributed to the fact that, you know, I reflect on this. It could be attributed to the fact that we're, we always receive criticism. You know, I mean, and not in a bad way. I remember specifically uh, there's a story when I was in junior high and I was playing I was playing it was a basketball game and we were in mom and dad's silver Dodge Caravan and mom was driving and dad was in the front seat and I just had a junior high basketball game and I got in the car and he said the same things you did it's like hey you did a good job but you could have done this different And I just looked at him and I go can't you ever just say good job and be done like 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 can can, can you just do that one time like this 13 year old's little ego who's trying to fit in with all of everything else going on just sits on my face you know trying to you know find girls and friends and you know like trying to fit in the last thing I want to do is try to fit in in my family too you know and, and he's like well, uh, well i you know i do think you're a good job and i and, and from that moment on he did give more you know affirmation but we definitely butt heads for a long time and and i think you know one thing that you know you get to experience but you're an uncle to a lot is is you know just growing up as i now i'm now i'm a dad and so now i get to see it and they teach me a lot and so i'm i'm i don't hold dad so accountable anymore as like a little whiny teenage you know kale version because I, he was just learning and he was learning each of us five kids are all different like i have two and they're they're extremely different and so they they teach us just as much as as mm-hmm. you know dad was there to help us through it so you know and but i did i didn't know that that you had moved out maybe i didn't know that i'm not i you know it, it would have to piece it together and I kind of want to just you know dig into the two worlds a little bit right because you still and we'll get back into some acceptance because you talked about like it, it really does seem like and i think this is important back to what i was talking about earlier it's like i think more people need to come out and that's why i want to dive a little bit deeper into living that two worlds and maybe maybe you enjoyed the two worlds maybe you didn't enjoy the two worlds like uh, have you lost friends have you you know were you upset by that like tell me more about the feelings and the, the, the specifics about some of this stuff
1: yeah so like i i um uh, i do kind of agree with what you said like the, it definitely like the coming out of like just who you are yourself and trying to instead of trying to hide who you are is definitely a really important thing and coming to that realization is vital it's vital to a person's growth and um some people don't hit that until they're 40 some people don't hit that until they're 60 like 70, yeah like some people never really truly take off the mask of who they feel like they should be and then just start being who they are and so I think for me like it's not fun I still you know have to be kind of cautious about different things I'm going back home um, like I Why? Said, I, I, I've never like officially came out to some of my closest high school friends and so um, I, at this time, I would like to hope that uh, we've been friends now for well, 10 years that we, it's not that big of a deal or it's not. But why do you need to be careful? Um, I just don't want, I don't want to make, like I said, I don't like to hurt anyone. I don't make someone else uncomfortable. So I'm not going to talk about like, uh, like the partner that I have and stuff like that. So when I went to a wedding last August, um, I was in a relationship and, um, he had come home for christmas with me the year before came home for christmas this past year um and at the time like i wasn't going uh, the wedding was a little bit smaller so i didn't have a plus one anyways but I, they, my friends who had the wedding didn't also know that i was with somebody and so um uh, even if i had been given a plus one i probably would not have brought my partner at that time because one weddings are not about me. And so I was going back to Greenville, um, Greenville, you know Greenville very well. It's not the most accepting place. So I was not going to put someone in, make someone feel uncomfortable or make anybody in the wedding uncomfortable. And it was also a person of color. So that is an added stimulus of now I'm basically coming out at this wedding. So now you're going to see this gay couple at a wedding. And then it's also an interracial couple. That's, like a big thing and i don't want that to be a big to do because the wedding is not about me it's about
0: the two people getting married so like, yeah i understand that part but as far as just like being careful like one like seriously this we're recording this podcast and then posting this podcast on my facebook group people are gonna not my facebook group but on facebook and social media and YouTube. it's gonna be out there so at this point but what i'm saying is like because even like as we talked about it's like hey it's the coming out podcast with self-acceptance and i think both of us are are still Doing that, like I actually had a conversation with Nicole last night on the podcast about like I want to be. I was watching the show um, My Spy, Spy Me, whatever. I told you we were watching with the kids yesterday, and there's a, there's this character, and she's a lady character, and she was on Last Man on Earth too. I can't remember her name for the life of me, but she's she plays a lot of like goofy, weird characters, and um, obviously you guys know that I'm a little weird, right? But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't express that enough side of me because I fear rejection I I fear rejection and and it comes to the point of like at some point in my life I don't know if if comedy and stand-up comedy is something that I'm going to do or want to do it's like but like I want to be more self-expressive in more situations and give less fuck about what people think about me and so I'm still moving into this thing and and some of that is just identifying if it's the right shoe that fits right like so some of it might be a little extreme some of them might be a little toned back so it's kind of figuring out where the equalizer fits there for me, but um, for 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 you into this moving into like self acceptance, it's like you know what are like hearing that I've got to be careful. I just call bullshit. Like, why do you have to be careful? You know, it, it, going to somebody's wedding, it's not about. So it's probably not the time. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm the I'm the best man, and I uh, just want to let everybody know that I'm, I'm gay, and uh, <laughs> you know, like that's not. That wouldn't be the best time to do that right like i, I get that but at the, at the same time it's like i don't agree with the being careful part yeah yeah and so
1: it, like and i think when i what i mean by that is not trying to draw attention or make someone else feel uncomfortable because i know that not people are ready i i shush, i mean that technically makes me uncomfortable so really like is it
0: myself? Yes. And who and who are you to say that they're not ready? Like who, yeah. who, you know, what gives you the right to say that somebody else isn't ready for the information when you're not even giving them a chance? Right.
1: Yeah. And so it's like, like I said, I never really really come out. Now that couple at that time at this now, I don't know if they officially know, but I have mentioned in a group chat with um, them and uh, some other friends. They, um, I had brought my partner to. Um, we all went to Marion's Pizza. That that group, um, or. It's yeah. split now, but half of that group now he was not there but I said hey everyone I'm bringing this person so be nice to them
0: and so like it was out there for everyone to know and so so the first three people you told though right it was like uh your friend Paige, Danny and somebody else when they when you told them did they say yeah I knew like or maybe they didn't at the time but now like looking back you would have a conversation like yeah I knew, we knew. Like, man. like
1: did they know um I want to say i don't know i don't know actually i don't remember um what uh exactly exactly the responses were in regards to hey we already knew or da 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 i think people were more like oh okay i can see it or something like that i don't think anybody was like oh okay i already knew um And I think sometimes that, it's almost like that's almost, I don't want to say it's a negative response, but when you are saying like, oh, I already knew, it kind of takes away from the, the it's I don't say it's like a slap in the face, but it's like, oh, I'm trying to trust you with this very important thing of my life. And for you to be like, oh, I already knew, it kind of dismisses it in a sense.
0: Okay. Versus
1: um, saying, oh, hey, okay. Um, It's like, Thank you for telling me. Thank you for feeling comfortable enough to open up to me about it. Whereas that's more saying like I'm accepting you for who you are versus being like, okay, I already know I've accepted you for a while. I don't care. Like, um, because that's an emotional thing for someone else. Like if you go up to someone and you're like, hey, I have depression or something like that, you don't want someone to be like, oh, I know. (laughs) You want someone to be like, okay, are what does that mean for like? How can I help you? Thank you for telling me that. It's like some stuff like that. Like you don't want. Um or like if you're going up I and mean, like you're telling your uh person like, Hey, I'm getting married, or hey, will you be my uh maid of honor or whatnot? And they're like, I already knew. I already knew you were gonna ask me. Or Yeah
0: like, it dismisses it.
1: Yeah, it does. So um <laughs> that's always something too. And I think we get caught up in these emotions like, Oh, I already know, da, da 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 da. So like, yeah, like I already know, like I'm already accepting, I don't care. It's like, okay, well now don't take away from my moment now like because this is something about me not you um and so like I think that's something to do so kind of split, flipping back to telling them I don't think any of them did that um which was nice it was just like a
0: okay well uh, yeah, and cool. in, in, in the, the regard way. that I'm saying like I feel like some of your friends like you like your friend I don't think any of your friends one I don't think they're gonna be your, they don't need to be your friends if you go and you tell them that you're coming out and like, yeah. hey, you wanna be your friend like yeah fuck you people like <laughs> I don't need you to be I don't need you to be my friend at the end of the day right. so I think that makes sense so that's kind of like the point you know where, where I'm. In. what is what is something what is like still a large obstacle for you when it comes to just life in general that you know that you're working through right now what is something
1: yeah um I think for me in regards to um my sexual orientation I would say under still being accepting and being in an area of like where it's okay to be a little physical with your partner or acknowledge the fact that you are with someone I was in a relationship that um recently that was not that way it was like we were not um affectionate and I'm not saying I'm not trying to make out with anybody out in public but like okay a kiss on the cheek when like if they're if I'm meeting them out somewhere excuse me they're already out or vice versa like oh, hey, how are you, hug and a kiss on the cheek or something like that. Like, people do that all the time. But when you look at a gay couple, it's like, oh, that's not okay. Like, I remember one night, it was at night, we were walking home and not a busy road or anything. And some people drove by, we were holding hands and someone, yelled, out faggots outside their uh, door. And for my partner, that was like a, that was like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. Um, Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And so that was... um, that's always difficult too. It's like, how do you still like be accepting of something on uh, yourself and still get so much hate um, towards it? So I think for me, I've come to accept that a lot more and be more willing to be okay out in public, but it's still something you struggle with. Cause you have to, you want to make sure like, if I'm going out to the bars, there's a couple bars here that I probably would not do that, but there are some also other bars that I 100% would um, X ex- excluding the gay bar obviously um but there are some like quote-unquote straight bars or like stuff like that that's like super chill and cool and great vibes and things like that and so um but then there's also some that are you would be a little bit more careful where you are why just because you potentially could run into some of those things that like you could um I'm not saying I've seen it happen um but also where I am now I'm in the south and so a lot of stuff is repressed um but I don't like actually I don't think I've seen a in the bars that I have in my head right now I don't think I've seen any of my gay friends or gay couples like be affectionate in those specific instances I've never seen anything um like that in some of those bars just because people are a little bit more cautious about the vibe of people that are there of like these are people who are actually super conservative that don't actually you don't like gay people. Like they're not accepting of it or something like that. And so um, you just want to be careful because you don't want to run into any issues. Like I don't want to someone to come up to me and just start yelling at me and calling me uh, a homo and all of this stuff. I don't want that. Like I'm trying to have a good night out, like da, 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 da. And so I think that's kind of where that, from just understanding your surroundings versus like if I go, obviously if I go to a gay bar, I can do whatever I want because like I'm in an environment that was built to be
0: safe for me. Like it feels like it's a lot of pressure on a relationship, too. I mean, um, obviously, I think I think there is progress in that area. Uh, mm-hmm. Not always is it fast enough for us. Um, and there are more and more places. Like, cities are more accepting in general than... I was actually having a conversation with my neighbor. It's like, the city just it, versus rural Ohio just... It it, it it it's it, it takes something that's new, and and it's new in the city, and it's scary in the country, and then it becomes normal in the city, and then it becomes new in the, uh, the in the country, and then it becomes old in the city, and it becomes, you know, normal in the the. the way I'm saying this now. I'm getting all sorts of fucked up in my head. But it's like it kind of ripples out, right? And so right. you know, the city is, is what I, what we would call here more uh, safe uh, place for for. People who uh, have a sexual orientation is yours. Kind of learn the lingo, yes. You know, and and I can't imagine. You know, when someone says more repressed and more, it's I. I it, it's kind of it, it is. I don't want to get on the topic of this, but it, it's kind of like the white privilege, right? It's, it's, it's almost like a, a straight privilege, right? Like if you are in a. a Male and female, or female and male relationship, it is more accepted, and you have a privilege. And the privilege is that you can go into most establishments and show some sort of affection towards one another, and not be name called or ridiculed or um, any other word that would fit be fitting in this circumstance. That 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 is a privilege. That is something that you know my relationship. Gets to easily experience where, uh, with with very little resistance, and for you that comes with resistance, and so that would ultimately, in my opinion, would put some some tension in between your relationship that is could be unsettling or difficult to to move through. So, I mean, what would be what would be if like you could have a conversation with these people that would basically running down the street driving down the street yelling faggot what 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 would be a conversation that you could have or bits of information that you could have for them at all like what would yeah. be the growth oh gosh um uh, think- from just being straight fucks and being like <laughs> <laughs> i mean the ultimate thing there is like i don't know if it's cliche Hurt people, hurt people. Like people who have confidence, like they don't say that stuff. Right. The people who have any bit of reasoning or reflection, reflective muscles or emotional intelligence, they just—I don't believe they do that. I believe they, they have have consideration for other ways of living. So I don't know if it's just the sheer education problem, but I would—I would hand over the microphone to somebody else who's on the other side of that equation and isn't on my side right well
1: uh kind of touching really quickly back on uh your privilege comment and kind of a little um excerpt I uh, definitely that's a whole nother video uh, willing to jump in on that if you want um but uh yeah so i i think that
0: the
1: education it, it is education and also just like it starts with the normalization of the negative socialization that has happened within this country. And so you, you almost want to say like, it starts at home, but you can't always say that because I have learned so much, not from mom and dad. I've learned a lot from mom and dad, but I've also learned so much from uh, just my real world experiences and also getting out from where you are. Like if you live in Greenville, Ohio, you're, Diversity there in a state or a city of 13,000 people that is predominantly white and um, not very diverse in any aspect, it's hard to see other people. And so, and especially when the media is only portraying a certain type of person to people, how do you learn about other people without going out and meeting new people and things like that? Uh, One of the best, uh, one of the most entertaining things that I did. Um, in my master's program, we went to a diversity training and actually I you know this was with my job while I was working at South Alabama, we went to this diversity training and someone offered a thing. She said, okay, what, um, and it was, we were talking about specifically about race or whatnot, but it was, what, um, race is your partner? What race is your best friend? What race is the majority of people in your workplace? what is the majority of your friend friend group what is their race stuff like that and you really see like okay if like if I'm, I'm me being a white male um look at all that and all of them are white then it's like how interesting and how understanding and accepting can I be of other people and things if I don't know or really surround myself with other people who have different different opinions and different life experiences than me like Um, So I think that was something interesting. Like at the time, I had a decently diverse workplace and I work in higher ed. So it's a little bit different too. Um, It tends to be a little bit more diverse. um, But um, one of my best friends, she is black. I was dating um, a black man. Like um, my supervisor was a man of color. And so um, you do get to see all of these um, different cultures and experiences and learn about this from other people. So really by the only way to do it is to go out and meet new people and um, be willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, especially again, I, this is, it could be a whole other video caveat, whatnot, but with everything going on with police brutality and things like that, um, because of the privilege that I have as a white male, I don't have to experience that. So my questions then go to my um, black friends asking them, Hey, like, what is something I can do as an ally for you? Because then you get into this white savior complex where it's like, oh, this is what needs to happen. But it's like, no, we need to listen to the people who it's actually affecting. Um, And not just saying like, oh, this is what we need to do. That's not how that works. So I asked them saying, hey, is this something that you're comfortable with? Or is this something that like, if I were to share this, or if I were to post about this, like, are you okay with that? Are you supportive of that? And is that something that you want me to do? And if not, then I'm not going to. If it's not my place, then that's fine, because it's not about me. So I think that's kind of where it is, like I said, all in all, just education and meeting new people, and
0: willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think it's uh, kind of funny, because I don't know, I think it was uh, before this, when you're on with Jordy, is just talking about you were going to go travel, and like, Gives, you know, gives you anxiety and makes you uncomfortable, you know, to go travel. And it's like, but reality is like that, that, that type of stress is a positive stress it's to go put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and to, you know, look and say, how can I be in this experience? Although it be uncomfortable and have it have an outcome that is progressively positive. Right. Like, um, I think, And I think the biggest thing is putting yourself into situations around other people. And I know for myself um, going and traveling other places has definitely opened my eyes just being in a city it's opened my eyes coming from like even on your social like I think I think it's so easy to say well who are the people you go out in your town with who lives in your house and what you know like and who's in your family like but the other thing is like who do you follow on social media right like are all of your friends predominantly the same color and same beliefs as you i'm not Mm -hmm. saying you need to go surround yourself with people who are all opposite of you what i'm saying is that i think you're exactly spot on and and is that i think we really need to diversify the the people we're around because ultimately it's it's a benefit to both parties in all honesty because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's the inevitable it's like we talked about earlier i was like you know, it's like, what do you guys think of Siri and, and, and everyone else listening to everything you say? And it's like, part of the conversation was like, it's inevitable. It's right. inevitable. And so back to this conversation, it's like, diversity is inevitable. It might be painful, right? Like, But it is this you, you this unity that is happening is, is, is happening. So make it be a part of it now versus being so resistant to it because it is going to happen. It's it is taking over this 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 love fest that is happening. It's happening. You know, there there are too many people who are loving and caring and thoughtful and educational, seeking people who like say this is a people. This is a people. Like like this is a person. Like like there are and, and there are plenty of people who are white that I just don't like, right? Like, but there are plenty of people who are color that I do like so that to me is a very simplistic child like children understand that so it can be taught and I think I think exactly to your point is just like how do we educate and, and and it kind of comes down to like you and I were talking about going to school and going to college and it's like what if more kids travel what if more kids took more field trips less to historic you know places and more to I, I, read, I wrote down on my paper, and I think it's correct: is the Stanford Prison experiments where you know, uh, and I, I've been a participant of this at a chiropractic event that I went to. It's like stand across from somebody and ask a series of questions while looking them in the eyes. And when you're asked a question, you move closer to the line, or you, and you have similarities, you move closer to the line. If, if you haven't experienced this, you move further away, and you realize how how much. Similarities that you actually have in common when you go through these 50 questions or 30 questions or whatever, and I think more people need that because it, when I drive Uber, I'm realizing like I've got a lot of common with some of these people. I can learn from a lot of these people. Someone coming in and looking a certain way, I've been uh, you know taught to to judge right that I have to unlearn this judgment in my eyes. That when people come in, I have to understand like I have to take down those, those those i don't want to i want to call them walls right you know, those goggles i want to take off those goggles judgment goggles those filter goggles that say life should be this way and just say how can i learn from this person how can i, I you know just be open-minded and you know find a way to connect as fast as possible so i think connection is definitely something that uh, people really need right now and i think that's great advice so what would be will be one thing as we wrap up here so i can take the kids to go get some ice cream like i said and nicole's now home from her wedding shoot you know and uh it's been a great podcast what is one thing what's one piece of advice on top of that like um just give us some parting words yeah um i would say
1: overall like when you're looking at like coming out and stuff like that obviously do it on your own t- like do it on your own time. Do it when you're ready, because you're never going to like. It is your experience and it's your life to m- build into what you are. But also surround yourself with the people who you know are going to be able to um, emotionally be emotionally intelligent um, in regards to yourself and being accepting of who you are. Um, you truly do get to know people by the things that you get to go through and the hardships that you face, and seeing. Uh, how those people react to those situations, like, when you go through something very difficult, who are the people there for you, and that doesn't mean that other people don't have their own things going on, too, but you want to make sure that you know um, who's going to be there for you um, at all times of day, like, obviously, like, I've seen this quarantine meme where it's, like, oh, if you're not talking to people now, um, like, you're a bad friend, that's not true, people are going through their own things, like, we're all going through quarantine right now, so, like, people are struggling with that in different ways. So just because this person doesn't reach out to you um, and make sure that you're okay, that doesn't mean that they don't care about you. So kind of like really taking into consideration of like, okay, even just this person not connecting with me right now, like doesn't mean that they don't care about me in this type of way. And so I, I don't know, it's kind of a hodgepodge of a the mess there, but um, yeah, I think like just understanding and owning up and being ready to do it on your own terms is um, vital. It's, it's so important to do it when you are ready and to surround yourself with people who are going to accept you um, as you are, and be willing to, like you say, come out like come out of just who you are and being your own front self. There is a, in the show Love Victor. Um, I just watched that. There is a character in there who, um, or the main character, asks um, this gay man or, or this queer man, I'll say, and he's like, "Why do you put up on? Why do you put on all that makeup now?" And da 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 da. Like, do you feel like that's like? Um, do you feel like you have to do that or do you feel like you're putting on a mask when you do that and the character shows him a picture of him back in high school with his religious parents and he's in like a dress shirt and tie's he's like no that's a mask that was a mask and that wasn't who i am and now i can finally live because he's like this is who i want to be and this is me expressing myself and that was actually a really really powerful moment in the show i thought and a good realization for the main character who is working on himself as well so being willing to come out and be who you are regardless of um what that is and so trying to express that and also spreading that positivity around too like making sure that if you go through that experience you're also open to other people talking to you about your experience and willing to or in the willingness to open up and be there for someone else who's also going through that experience so
0: i love it man and to wrap up this episode of the kill one podcast i'm gonna steal a, a question from my buddy chris who runs the no quit living podcast and it is if you could go to dinner with any person dead or alive who would it be
1: oh my gosh um that's a hard question you know i've heard this so many times before in my life and i never actually have an answer it's almost like do i want someone who is like entertaining or do i want like some influential person Uh, Honestly, at this point, I think uh, this is going to get a little sentimental is I just saw a picture of Granny Barb a few uh, yesterday. Um, And I honestly would probably say uh, I would love to go to uh, dinner with uh, Granny Barb because uh, she is uh, a character. And that was not she knew my boyfriend at the time, but she did not know we were together. And I would love to see uh, her reaction to (laughs) and see what that actually looks like. Um, which I know would probably be not that big of a deal because, you know, at the time, we also have a uh, sister who is married to a woman. Um, and so, which Granny already knew, but I just think that'd be really uh, fun. And I was very, very close to her. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's
0: definitely who I would pick. Where would you go? Taco Bell, obviously. Yeah, I, at first time, I had like Taco Bell, 2 a.m. Taco Bell. Uh, or my second guess was the, the great dark county fairgrounds and pushing her wheelchair thing around and, and get perfect. her two two uh
1: two tacos and a, a nacho supreme oh my gross. every time
0: oh, gross. so all right well brother man i love you very much thanks for doing the podcast with me and yeah, Thank you for uh, having- yeah man we'll do it again another time and enjoy your saturday and until next time yeah until next time love you love you too bye